Welcome, everyone, to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron, on ESPN, ESPN.com, Giants reporter. And you guys and gals have been asking for it. Say, Jordan, you got to do a training camp podcast already. Give us a rundown on what's going on. And that's why I'm here. I'm coming through for you. We have a special guest interview in the middle of this podcast. We'll tell a good story at the end, one that still makes me chuckle to this day. But we're going to start with the topic that's probably going to consume a majority of our time this season on the podcast, and really anywhere if you're talking about the Giants, is Daniel Jones, right? You want to know. It's The number one thing people ask me, how's Daniel Jones looking? How's Daniel Jones looking? What's his chances of being good? You like Daniel Jones? How's Daniel Jones? Over and over. You know, you could tweak the question a little bit, but that's what everybody wants to know. And so far, early returns, much like the spring, have been positive. What stands out? Wow, that ability to throw the ball deep. Doesn't have a laser, but heck, he is not shy about throwing the ball downfield. And you like that. Right? You want that quarterback to have sort of that gunslinger mentality, but yet still be able to rein in a little bit. And I think he has. Hasn't thrown many interceptions. One interception, I believe, the whole camp so far. I'm taping this before Friday's practice. So, you know, granted some of that's been some good fortune. There's been some balls that have popped in the air and it didn't get intercepted. Probably like a handful. But in general, you don't see him forcing in too many throws. That's the whole point. So that limits the amount of opportunities for interceptions. You like that. You like the way he throws the ball deep, accurate. And his deep ball accuracy has been great. You compare that to Kylo Lett, on the other hand, who's just the last couple days had a bunch of wide open receivers deep and led the guy inside too much, overthrew him. Jones's deep ball accuracy has really, really stood out to me. That, to me has just been dynamite. Now he's mobile. He moves well. You see them running. Here's Let me just give you this two-play stretch on Thursday, which if you're a Giant fan, you should feel really, really good about, and this should give you optimism that you have this quarterback who could be really good. Okay? Daniel Jones rolls out a play-action pass. He rolls out against his body. So think about it. He's rolling to his left. Okay? And it's hard to throw against your body. It's not an easy thing. Now, these are NFL quarterbacks. They could all do it. But he turns and fires a strike, rolling against his body, nails Garrett Dickerson, he's a tight end, go who's dragging across the field, nails him right between the numbers. Okay? And you hear... The teammate, his teammates, and I'm talking about first team guys like Sterling Shepard, right? Who are sitting there on the sideline going, I see you, DJ. I see you, DJ. Stuff like that. You know, like, wow, that was impressive. Moving on the run, nailing a throw right between the guys' numbers. Probably about 10, 12 yards downfield. Okay, good play. How does he follow it up? Very next play. Drops back. Paul Perkins is matched up against a linebacker on the outside. Has a step on him. Jones drops it 50 yards 
I mean, right into Perkins's outstretched arm, like right in stride, fifty yard touchdown, like right near the 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 ball basically landed right near the pylon. Paul Perkins reached a little bit, caught it with his fingertips, and was in, was in the end zone. Touchdown! Guys went nuts. They were pumped. They were a hype. Now, Eli Manning, on the other hand, just to give you a frame of reference, he was he he runs the first team, and that's the way training camp goes. He's been running the first team the whole time, and he's had a good camp so far. If you go follow my stuff, I've said it. I've written it. Eli Manning has looked better than I've seen him in a little while. But, you know, the drill they were doing, it wasn't a two-minute drill, but they were they, they usually only get four plays of pop, right? During each round of the drill, the live drills. And then they switch up, they switch up, they switch up. This was like a, they, occasionally they put him in situational drives. Now, I don't know what the situation was. I haven't, as I speak here, I haven't asked Pat Shermer what the situation was. It wasn't like a two minute drill, but the quarterbacks were set up in the offense where they can go drive down the field, right? And Eli was, you know, stammering down the field. It was short pass, short pass, short pass, short pass. And, you know, eventually that, that, the, they just stopped the drive. And that's when the second team came out. And Jones, you know, there was a couple runs, a couple mid range passes, and then boom, hits the deep pass, touchdown. So definitely something for Giants fans to feel good about in regards to the quarterback position. And Eli Manning, too. Look, I, like I said, you should feel pretty good. He's looked solid. I mean, there's been a lot of times throughout camp and throughout the years where he has days and he's basically throwing the ball to the wrong team. You haven't seen that this year. He looks like he's in control. Second year in the offense looks like it makes a little bit of difference. Uh, I've never, I've never been one to think his arm strength was completely shot and a, a humongous problem. Uh, he worked with a overhand throwing specialist, Mickey Bruckner. This year, guy who was referred to him by Al Leiter. Uh, I'm not going to say he's really throwing the ball with more zip. But at this age, to me, it's more about maintenance. You don't want to lose any arm strength. And at the beginning of the summer, I think, guys, your arm strength should be at a should be at the high point, right? How What's, what's his arm strength going to be like in December? That's when it sort of dips. And you looked at, look at Drew Brees last year. He's the perfect example. It looked to me. Like Drew Brees, as the season went on, go look at his last six games, the way he was throwing the ball. It started to wear on him. So we'll see with, with Eli as that goes on. Plus, no Golden Tate likely early in the season. Uh, he's going to be throwing the ball to Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, and uh, Cody Latimer or Benny Fowler probably. Is that good enough? Obviously, there's Saquon too. But, yeah. So we'll see how good this offense could be. I mean, I, I, I don't know what the ceiling is there, but uh, we'll get to that later. And a different podcast. In the meantime, some training camp observations, okay? I'm going to go position by position, right? So let's start on the offensive line. Much better looking group. Mike Remmers, Nate Solder. They're being limited a little bit because they're both coming off surgery. Uh, I think you need to be realistic about Mike Remmers. You're just hoping to get an average right tackle. You are not going to get a great right tackle. You could see that at times at camp. He's been okay, but there are also times where he get beat off that edge. So this is not a impenetrable force. 
They're just looking for average from that position. That's realistic and hoping that that is just such an upgrade that it'll make a difference. And it should be. But it's also a risk. Remmers hasn't played tackle in a couple of years. He's getting older. He's coming off surgery. We'll see. Don't see Chad Wheeler competing for that spot. He's had his struggles early in camp. Kevin Zeitler, solid. Looks like a good player. Uh, has been a good player. No reason to expect he's not going to be a good player. Strong start to camp for him. John Jalapio, same thing. I'll get to the center competition in a little bit, but the bigger, more powerful center. He's getting 75%. No, probably even more. Yeah, 75 80% of the first-team snaps. Spencer Pulley's getting about one series with the first team every day. But I'll get more to that competition a little bit. Will Hernandez, solid, good-looking player. Looks good. Uh, him against Dexter Lawrence at times is fun to watch. Uh, Hernandez, though, he can hold his own, and uh, he's going to be a good player. Looks good this summer. Nate Solder, bringing him along slowly. Uh, he's Nate Solder. Not going to change. That uh, he is. He's, he is what he has been for the first. I don't know, eight years of his career, whatever it is at this point. Okay, wide receiver Sterling Shepard broke his thumb. Don't be overly concerned. I posted a video Thursday of him. He's basically running drills with a yellow jersey, which I think is kind of foolish and unnecessary risk. Uh, why is he get involved in drills? Uh, he's wearing his yellow jersey that Pat Shermer said is mean, supposed to mean don't throw the ball to him. But guess what? The last two days of practice, he's had a pass thrown at him. What if it bounces and comes up and hits his finger? What if he slips? What if he bumps into the defender and, and tries to brace his fall with his hand? Too many things to me that it just doesn't seem worth the risk to me. Sterling Shepard, he's running around. He's going to be fine, right? I'm talking about legs-wise. Why risk him re-injuring his thumb or making it worse and then pushing that deadline back? Because then Golden Tate, who's likely to face a suspension to start the season, four games right now, don't expect that to change. I don't, at least. Um, He's look good, though. I mean... You can see there's still some speed there. He's a guy. He makes a lot of catches, a lot of these short underneath passes and then yards after the catch. That's going to be the Giants' offense this year. And the guy to make plays downfield, and I've seen this explosiveness, is Evan Ingram. And I know I said this before. There's three guys that I look at as the most explosive players on the Giants. They stand head and shoulders above everybody else. Saquon, one. Jabril Peppers, two. Get to that in a second. And then Evan Ingram, three. Ingram just has to stay healthy. You've got guys like uh, um, Red Ellison, solid player, veteran guy in that room. He's their blocker. He's in that role. They're you know bringing him slowly on to the summer as well, making sure to keep him healthy. C.J. Conrad, rookie, undrafted out of Kentucky. You're going to hear that name plenty this summer because he's been making some noise. Good quality player, and he can block. I spoke to people in the organization and told me, this guy, he can block too. So keep your eyes out for him, Scott Simonson. Giants are going to carry four tight ends. That's I'm pretty confident they're going to carry four tight ends. They run a lot of two tight end sets. They've even, they've been running heavy three tight end sets. So to me, those four guys have a good chance to make the team. Uh, receivers that are making a little noise, Alonzo Russell, big, tall guy, doing well. 
Russell Shepard, veteran, solid, working with the second team with Daniel Jones a lot. He's Daniel Jones' security blanket. Really strong start to camp for him. Uh, I'm not going to get into backup offensive linemen right now. I already went through the top two quarterbacks. I said Kyle Oletta. It's been a struggle for him. Uh, Alex Tanney's probably been the better quarterback. He has been the better quarterback so far. Uh, the preseason is going to be huge for those guys. Uh, I'm kind of inter- intrigued, actually, how many quarterbacks the Giants do keep. I think it would be three. But if they wanted to, they could do two. Coughlin did that at one point where it was just Eli and Ryan Nassib. And you have a third. But we'll see how that goes. Defense. Let's run through the defense real quick. Dexter Lawrence. When I was talking about the most explosive players, the next guy that comes to my mind is actually Dexter Lawrence. And I know he's obviously not the fastest, but he actually does, to me, like when I watch him play and move for his position and for what he does, he looks much more explosive than I thought. So he comes to mind. He probably wouldn't be in that spot, like if I made a fourth. But the Giants are using him way more as an end than a nose tackle. Can he develop into that significant pass rusher? I don't know many 340-pound guys on the defensive line that are significant pass rushers. Now, this guy's mobility is pretty unique. Like I said, I look at him and I see explosiveness. But I don't know. That's a tough ask. We're going to see. We're going to see. B.J. Hill, solid. He's the other defensive end. He's played well. Uh, Pierre Olsen, he's a backup pass rusher defensive end. You see flashes from him. I think you can get something out of him. As an interior pass rusher, uh, he's one of the guys that has stood out to me. And then Dalvin Tomlinson's been playing the nose tackle spot. Don't think that's his best spot. I have my concerns about that a little bit, but we'll wait and see and how that goes. Um, he's been okay in camp so far. Linebacker, Alec Ogletree is what he is. You see his up and downs, not great cover guy. Tay Davis, okay? This is the guy the Giants are using as their first-team nickel cornerback. So he's going to be on the field a lot if this lasts. I have my concerns, serious concerns, about whether he can really guard running backs or tight ends. He's been okay. I've seen him get beat a whole bunch. Not crazy about the fact that Tay Davis is in that role. Uh, Next, uh, I mean, um, B.J. Goodson, he's sort of like the – Starter next to Ogletree, but that's in rundown. So he's more, more than anything, he's the backup middle linebacker. He's been okay at camp so far. Uh, Mike Thomas actually at safety has been pretty good. He's a guy that stuck out to me. Uh, Lorenzo Carter, good start to camp. Pretty good player. People ask, if he's, is he next on that explosive list? I don't look at Lorenzo Carter and I watch him play and you see some good things, but I don't look at him as like a overly, just a, Super freak explosive player. Now the pass rusher that has stood out to me the most, and Marcus Golden hasn't, you know, they're he's in like bubble wrap. So I haven't seen a ton of him. But the player that has stood out to me really the most on the defensive side of the ball, O'Shane Zimenez. I saw the way he was bending yesterday around the edge, and you're like, Wow. That that's that's good. That's really good. That has a a chance to be something really special. The way he bended around that edge. so And you've seen him knock down a bunch of passes. He really intrigues me. 
I've been very impressed by him. I thought he would be, you know, he's from Old Dominion. Smaller school. Making this jump. Third round pick. I thought it would be a, a long way for him to go. But he has flashed way more than I expected. Way more. Now, I always caution when guys are playing against second and third team tackles, it's a very different world, right? Because second and third team tackles just aren't very good. They aren't NFL caliber, half of them even players. Half of them don't even end up rosters. So let's see him in the preseason. I'm very intrigued to see O'Shane Zimenez in the preseason. As for the young secondary, Sam Beal, injuries, problem. It's been a problem. He missed his whole rookie year with a shoulder injury. Uh, and now he's sidelined with a groin hamstring injury. Been in and out the past couple of days. That concerns me a little bit, right? So, uh, DeAndre Baker, he's been solid. He's working with the first team. Be stunned if he doesn't end up starting. So there's optimism there. Janaris Jenkins, he's been okay. He's probably been a little below average. Where he hasn't been great, but this is training camp. I'm not that worried about Janaris Jenkins and his coverage skills. So, uh, aside from that, Corey Ballantyne, he's flashed. He's also given up plays. I think he's, it's been better than I thought. Again, another guy, small school, I thought there would be a big jump there. Little, little bit more ahead, better athlete than I thought. Decent looking prospect. I think there's potential there. As for Julian Love, he's been playing mostly safety and even in the nickel, nickel cornerback spot. That's going to be his role. It's been a struggle for him. It's been a struggle for him, I'll be honest. Notre Dame product. Uh, you worry about whether he has a speed to hang with these receivers and cover. So, uh, for me, jury's out on him. It's still early in camp. He's learning. He's probably, his head's all over the place. I'm sure that contributes to it. So, um, that's where we stand on the secondary for the most part. And Jabril Peppers, I almost called him Julius. I will. I apologize in advance for that. I said, second most explosive player I see on this roster. It really stands out. I mean, the guy flies around the field. He's looked okay in camp. I mean, again, I sh- you shouldn't expect him to be this great cover guy. I don't think that's a realistic expectation. The instincts I don't think are great, but this guy can fly around and make some plays in the box. He's going to be going to be a similar version to Landon Collins. I'll get to that in a little bit, but so far Jabril Peppers, you see him making plays near the line of scrimmage. It's impressive. Uh, and then Antoine Bethea, solid. He's like the you know the the OG back there. Seems to know what he's doing. Command of the James Betcher defense. He's the leader of that secondary. Don't be fooled by anything else. He is the leader. All right. I think for the most part, I gave you a pretty good rundown there. So with that, we're going to get into another topic that is going to be pressing with this team for the next several months and get to one of those guys, one of the guys that is going to be integral to whether this team offensively can really be a quality unit and sort of take it to that next level. So with that, let's get to it. On to the next one. All right, so let's bring in Cody Latimer here, right? Big opportunity for you this summer, right? What's that What's that been like? You're 
jumping in. You're working a ton with the first team now. Uh, you're working with Eli, Saquon. You know, you, there's a big chance that you can play a substantial role there. I mean, it's been exciting. You know, uh, I didn't really knew it last year. Uh, last offseason, I did a lot with the ones, too. So right. it's kind of pretty much been the same thing, same transition, you know, same offense. So it's been easy and fun. You know, able to go out here and make plays and, you know, show the team what I had to offer. So how do you look at last year, right? Because, like you said, you were running with the ones, and that opportunity was kind of going to be there. And then well, injuries kind of yeah, the injury kind of stripped it from you. Yeah, the it was hamstring. The, it was on a punt cover, right? I remember yeah. you just ran past the guy all of a sudden. And yeah, it like, just huh? pulled up. It popped <laughs> on me, and it was over from there. It was a. Uh, I mean, this year, you know, it's uh, more of a statement year for me. You know, I feel like I, you know, the Giants, you know, the fans, all myself, you know, that you know, putting so much work last year. Time, you know, I had opportunity, but you know, injury, like I said, took that away. So. You know, it's just uh, my focus is just on out here making plays, like I said. But, you know, the first thing is first, staying healthy and, you know, being able to play all year. That's the main thing. You know, it's, uh, I can get on the field, but, you know, in order to stay on the field, you got to be healthy. So. That hasn't been so easy, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. you've had some injuries in the past. Uh, yeah, did you, do you change anything? Do you do anything different? Just do you... treatment every second I get. Just make sure I'm standing on top of things. Preventative maintenance. You know, like I'm in there. If I'm not out here right now with this PBS thing, uh, I'll be inside, literally getting treatment, doing some stretching, uh, doing something because I just know my body and you know the workload I have. You know, so it's, I know my body eventually gonna get tired, and I'm just trying to stay on top of everything. Is that something you do, like that you didn't do when you were younger? I mean, or that hey, guys just don't do like preventative. Yeah, when I was younger, kind of yeah, when I was younger, I thought was Superman. You know, you heal right. quick. You didn't really worry about that. But you know, I'm getting older. Yeah, yeah. You know, you drop the ball, throw, start throwing around. Exactly. But this year six now, so I'm getting older. Body's a little wore down, and you know, obviously with the injuries I've had, you know, unfortunate injuries. You know, I'm trying to stay on top of it so it don't happen. I want it to be, you know, one of my best years yet. How do you think camp's going for you so far? It seems like, I mean, where we see. You know, just the final results of plays. When we see you making a bunch of plays, so it looks like it's going well. You yeah, I think it's going. Feel the same? Yeah, I think it's going great. You know, so like I said, picking up where I left off last year. So, you know, that's my main focus. You know, I think I'm doing a good job of doing that. You know, and uh, like I said, staying focused. You know, getting the young guys in tune. You know, getting in tune with Eli, getting in tune with you know the whole offense. You know, I think it's going to be a you know amazing year. You know, this you know when this year comes up, and I think it's going to be a lot of plays out there for you know everybody. What's that been like? You play with the both managers, right? Yeah, it's I mean, you're, you're, yeah, it's, it's a pretty, it's, you know, accomplished yeah, pair to kind of play most of your career with. Yeah, it's kind of cool because I've learned you know, a lot from both of them. You know, it's crazy. I didn't get to play as much as I wanted to with Peyton, but, you know, getting that chance with Eli, like I said, it was a big learning experience for me. I learned so much from both of them, and it's made me a better pro, obviously. What's most similar about the two of them? I don't know. They're both of them uh, <laughs> jokes. I guess how silly they are. People don't know how silly they are off the field. Jokes and... No, they, yeah, people not, don't think that about you. Yeah, they would think that everybody's so serious, but nah, they're funny, cool guys, down earth guys. Biggest difference about them? I don't know. They both have big heads. Now, just <laughs> nah, you're not, you're not, not joking, kidding. But nah, it is nah. true. <laughs> no, nah, uh, I don't know. One, like Personality wise, any, anything nah. like that? One guy is just completely different from the other. No, I think about to say. I think they're about to say. How, how about pass? What's the like? Is it? Is that, what's the difference catching a pass from Eli compared to Payton? And they both on the money. They both very experienced, know where the ball is supposed to be and get the ball where it needs to be. So it's a lot similar. Who's more likely to yell at you in a huddle? Mm, 
probably both if I mess up, I would think. Yeah? I would think if I mess up. I mean, I would want both of them to yell at me. You, 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 the, Eli's known as, like, the cool, calm right, kind of guy. He is cool yeah, and calm, yeah. but, you but know, you, I would want him to. We don't, we don't see that part of him. You exactly, think? but I would want him to, of course. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, obviously, all quarterbacks, you mess up, should obviously, you know, not embarrass you, but, you know, should yell and let you make sure you don't mess it up again, you know, so. For you personally, I mean, you're in year, you said six, right? Mm-hmm. What's different from you now than from the younger version of you? <laughs> everything. Uh, I know you've talked about yeah, maturing say, a lot, yeah, right? I mean, like everything. You've matured a lot over the years? Yeah, everything. You're married now? Yeah, married. Obviously, I have a kid. Uh, from what I do when I wake up in the morning, from what I do late at night as I'm studying, you know, how I prepare for games, how much film I watch, how much I'm taking care of my body. I mean, so much has changed. Me being able to help all the other players now, other receivers, you know, with plays, and, you know, I've, everything's changed. I mean, you can you have to ask like that. He watched me grow from a young pup to where I'm at now, so it was a... It's too much to name. <laughs> I mean, you pretty much spent your whole career. You're talking about Tyke Tolbert, yeah, your wide receivers coach yeah. here, who was also your coach in Denver. So mm-hmm. you've pretty much been all, almost all you know here yeah. as, as a receivers coach. Yeah, and that's a, it's comforting for me. You know, it's actually a, very good for me because it's a guy that knows me, you know, know what I'm best at. And, you know, a guy that knows how to keep me under control. You know, Tyke has, like I said, watched me grow for six years now. So it's been amazing. You said keep me under control. What, what, I mean, what, is, just, what is that? What do you mean I mean, that? as in just... I mean, obviously, I, I mean, keep me up, no, no, the room apart. No, I mean, keep me up, keep me humble, keep me focused. You know, just being a kind of like a father figure for me in the receiver room. You know, I have a dad, so somebody I go to and talk to when there's something going on outside of football, just life in general. So like, that's what I mean. What's that wide receiver room like? Huh? I think it's great. I mean, everybody. Everybody gets along with one another. I mean, it's amazing. Everybody's hungry in that room. Everybody's determined. Everybody wants to make plays. Everybody wants to be great. And, I mean, it's showing. Oh, that was a big personality, though. Has the personality of the room changed I mean, a little bit? In the, you know, it was a big personality. The dynamics in it, maybe? No, I mean, because everybody has their own personality. So, I mean, everybody got their own different, you know, things they're good at and what they do. And so, I mean, the room's always going to be exciting. Funniest guy in the room is? Russell Shepard. You know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Loudest guy in the room? Russell Shepard. We know that. <laughs> Oldest guy in the room? Golden Tate. Tate. Oh, yeah, that's right. You got a new yeah, one. Yeah. Golden Tate. <laughs> and so, you, personally, you, you talked about you grew up, right? You, you feel like you've grown up. You've matured. So, what can we expect from you this season? What do you? How about what can we expect from? What do you expect? I mean, I just like I just expect a great year, one of my best seasons yet, you know. And uh, my focus is, like I said, to be able to make plays when I, you know, whenever I can, whenever I'm called on, and uh, just make a name for myself, you know. So, you know, everybody that you know, Cody ain't no slouch, you know. It's you know, I work I work my butt off, you know, on and off the field, and you know, I think it's gonna show this year, just uh, and show that I can stay healthy. What's I making just, a name for yourself in your head? You need to continue making. You need it. to, you know, catch fifty balls. No, nah, I don't balls, need to do all that. Thousand yards. What, what, nah, like, what, what does that mean to you? Need, I don't need to do all that. You know, what I, mean? I mean, my job ain't to impress everybody else. You know, honestly, you know, I got to focus on me, and my family, and what's going on. It's just more for myself, staying. You know, like I say, injury free and making plays when called upon, and you know, doing the little things, blocking backside on runs and whatever you just needed, kick returning, you know, going down the gun or whatever is expected. You know, just playing my whole whole overall. You know skills whatever they put me at just go out and make the most of it and you know i just i'm just worried about you know my focus is i'm gonna be happy at the end of the season that's what i'm worried about but am i gonna do everything and now i put my all into it to make sure i'm happy more catches like that one-handed catch you know <laughs> yeah, that was a left-handed in, in <laughs> yeah, the corner of the yeah, end zone yeah, who was that against was uh, that dallas. dallas in week 17 yeah well, 16 <laughs> 
Seven. Well, I guess by week. Yeah. Game 17. Yeah, yeah. Week, I mean, game six, seven, 16. 16, yeah, yeah. Week, week 17. 17. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take me through that. What was that, what was that like? I mean, what, what was going, like that catch I mean, in general? A, that was pretty. I mean, this is a like drill a, we practice. I mean, you see us before yeah, practice yeah. every day, the receivers, you know, butt shit, catch with one hand because the defender grabbing your arm. But, you know, it was a great throw by Eli. He put it in a place where I could get it and, you know, the DB couldn't. So it was a great throw by him. People sort of, you know, you got Odell's a big man. Great mm-hmm. player, mm-hmm. right? Very accomplished player. He leaves. You got a bunch of injuries. You have a guy who's pending suspension. Mm-hmm. So people naturally, oh, they're wide receiver core, right? They, they're beat up. They're, they don't have the same weaponry. Mm-hmm. You guys hear that? You guys listen to that? No, we'll listen Do to you, it. I mean, you gonna Does it motivate you in a way? Uh, no, because we're already motivated. You know, everybody in that room, we look at us, me, Benny, you know, Lonzo. We're all always been underdogs, you know, been guys that nobody really talks about, care about. We don't care about that need that. We're hungry, and that's that's the thing with us. We all got a chip on our shoulder, just like I said, for whatever reason. Like, mine is because I want to prove to myself. I want to prove to my son. I, everybody got their wives in that room, and, uh, you know, it's funny because people sleep on, you know, this group, but, you know, I was hurt last year, but, you know, they went to Washington last year with guys. Oh, you know, right, people was hurt, and we went to Washington with our group of receivers. That's, you know, obviously still here now, and they went out there and dominated. So, you know, we ain't. get 40. You're 40 nothing in the NFL. So, exactly. That's, that's that doesn't happen to, that's very what I'm trying, 40. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. People, you know, go always sleep on, you know, because it's not a big name here or whatever. But, like I said, you got some hungry dogs in that room that's they're ready to bite and, you know, obviously prove to themselves with the world that, you know, what they're capable of doing. And I don't think that's my turn. I think it's going to be a great year for everybody in that room because, like I said, ain't nothing more worse than, you know, going to get somebody that's, you know, undogged, that's very confident, that's always been doubted. Ain't nothing worse than going to get somebody like that because they're going to come out there every trip of the train, every day, every play, and bring it. So and that's what we got in that room. You like that role, though? Because, I mean, I know there's certain guys that they just thrive on that, right? Even Odell, who's. He was always a guy. I always thought mm-hmm. he was a guy who he was, you know, top high school player. Mm-hmm. Went to LSU, drafted twelfth, first round, and he always looked and said, "I've been an underdog my whole life." Like some guys, like need that. Mm-hmm. Are you, you, I mean, you, you look at yourself in, in kind we of all, we all were, we all were tops in our high schools and college. If you think about it, that's why we're in the NFL now. A lot of us were. You know, top playmakers coming out, but from the outside, we're like, you weren't underdog, yeah, though. You were a top receiver in high school. Yeah, exactly. You were a top receiver in college. But normally, I mean, it's just extra motivation for us. You know, we all, everybody's goal is to be great. You know what they do. I mean, your job is to be great as a reporter. You want to be the best reporter ever. I want you to know? kick everyone's ass. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but that's all, that's, that's how we are. Though we all working hard and want to be the great, greatest of what we do. Like I said, end of the day, we all can do what we control and go out there. And as long as we know we put our all into it every day, every every single day, every game. I think we'll be all happy with the results. Well, good luck to you and that whole wide receiver for Cody Latimer. Thank you. Yeah, On to the you. next one. Ah, yes. This is the time to go into Giants after dark. Why answer all your deepest, darkest Giants questions? All right, let's get started. Peter F08 asks, has your opinion of Daniel Jones changed from pre-draft to after the first week of training camp? Good question. I will say this about Daniel Jones, and you can go back and look, and I, I some people have already criticized me for this, and they say, oh, yeah, you killed the pick right away. I really didn't. Go look at everything I wrote. I think the first two things I wrote were I give the Giants credit for at least if you, you have a conviction on a guy, you go and take him. I believe that was the right move if that was their guy. 
I had my concerns about Daniel Jones. Not so much that he didn't have any physical talent. I've had people, I had people, experts, uh, sources, you know, executives and scouts and stuff. They were kind of all over the board on him. Some liked him. Some were eh on him. But I didn't think he was a bad quarterback. So let's start with that as the baseline, right? Now, my biggest concern was, and from talking to these people, is he good enough to lift the players around him and make them make them much better? Can he make those big throws under heavy pressure and really elevate the play of everyone around him? I still don't know that. Now, on the other side, he has impressed me with the way he throws the deep ball. It's been better than I thought. Uh, his arm strength is a little better than I thought, although I didn't think his arm strength was terrible. I didn't think he was, you know, shot putting the ball out there. Uh, and his deep ball accuracy. Now I knew he was, I knew he was athletic and could move around a little bit. So I will say you have to be a little bit more optimistic because look, he checks all the boxes mentally, uh, work ethic, off the field kind of stuff. We knew that before him, uh, but it's still impressive to see. And, the way he throws the ball, I'll say, is a little bit better than I expected. Now, there's still the big question marks. And this was my original one. I mean, because guys that don't have winning records in college rarely end up being big, big-time professional quarterbacks. Usually, you're if you're just that good, if you're so good, you're able to just lift your team. And, I mean, to have a winning record in college is not that hard. I mean, it's not like he played in the SEC either. Conference isn't great. So that concerns me a little bit. They have, according to, you know, if you listen to people, their coach is amazing, right? He's the best quarterback coach right out there, offensive mind. You have a top 10 NFL quarterback. I believe he is a receiver who is on the Redskins right now. His top receiver is on the Redskins. And this team had a losing record in college. So that that does concern me a little bit. Is he that good where he can lift everyone else around him? That's my only concern. It was my concern before, and it's my concern now. And ultimately, we're going to see. The talent level that he played with obviously could factor into it. But, yes, I at this point, let's say I had Daniel Jones. Let's, I'm putting random thing, random grade on it. Let's say I had him at C, right, going into – when I, you know, the spring and then the summer and training camp. If I had him at a C originally baseline when he was drafted, I'd say he's probably now a B minus. So he went up two grades a little bit, right? From he could have been a C plus or B minus. So yeah, so we moved up from a C to a B minus. All right, Stephen Santalanza. Okay, he asks. And by the way, these questions are all from Instagram. How has Peppers looked in camp? What are your expectations for him this season? Possible Pro Bowl. Let's slow down. Jabril Peppers looks like he's going to be a quality player. He's making the ascension. Last year, first year, rookie year, struggled badly. Second year, played better, was an average type player. Third year, starter, new team, bigger role, going to ask to do more. He has that athleticism. I think he'll be a quality Good player. Uh, let's not jump to Pro Bowl, All Pro. 
I, the way I view it is he's a lesser version of Lander, Landon Collins, right? Does a lot of the same things, physical, athletic, explosive, Does his be- probably will do his best work near the line of scrimmage. Coverage, eh. There was one play I remember. Deep ball, first play of practice. Eli Manning underthrows it to Golden Tate down the left sideline, and Jabril Peppers basically just mauls him and tackles him. Okay, so you don't want to see him stuck in a lot of one-on-one coverage, if you ask me. That's my early impression. Maybe that'll change. Maybe he gets more comfortable in the defense. More than anything, though, I see a guy who is just a supreme athlete, could be a good player. I don't see Pro Bowl All-Pro this year. Maybe he grows into that, but that would be quite a jump this year for me. Next question. Chris M underscore says, think Evan Ingram is going to have a Pro Bowl season. I think Evan Ingram will have a Pro Bowl season if, and I, there's no way to really predict this, if he stays healthy. Now that's the problem. I mean, he's explosive. He dropped some, he dropped some passes in his career, but look, he could move his yards after the catch. Listen to this about Evan Ingram. He led the NFL, according to Next Gen Stats, in yards of separation. Okay? So when Eli Manning was throwing to Evan Ingram, he was open by an average of four yards, four plus yards, led the NFL. The guy is good. He is a, could be a really good, great receiver. If he stays healthy, plays 16 games, yes, I do think he's going to have that Pro Bowl season. Because there's no Odell Beckham. He is the deep threat. Eli's going to look to him more. The offense is made for him. Pat Shermer is the king of these crossing rub routes uh, across the field, across the middle. Gives guys opportunities to catch the ball and run. And that is what Evan Ingram does very well. Now already, day two of training camp, the Giants sat him out. Of live drills for load management. Makes you ponder and scratch your head. Can he really stay healthy? Can he? Because he's going to have to take a beating at the line of scrimmage because he plays tight end. He's going to play tight end. And you did that tight end, you got to block a defensive end on one play and then go run pass routes on the next play and hold up. So it's a, it's, it's a tough ask when you're not the biggest guy. Uh... Next question. I don't even know how to uh, say this. Con Sean Neri. I don't know. With two eyes at the end. Hi, Jordan. Question for the podcast. How is Remmers looking? I didn't mind the signing, but he worries me with his creaky back. I would have signed him and also drafted a tackle in the first two rounds just in case. And for depth, since Solder had a slow start last year. Well, here's the deal. You're not drafting just for this year. Okay? You're drafting... For the future of your team, you don't just draft because we say we need another right tackle this year. That's how you make mistakes. So, look, they didn't think the board worked out in their favor in that regard. They didn't take a guy of a tackle early in the draft. What their their only offensive lineman they took was uh, Big George Georgia Georgia Safo Wajai. Late in the draft, he's dealing with a concussion now. So, yeah, their backup tackles. Scary. 
Remmers, creaky back. Looks healthy. That's a positive. Looks healthy. Is he a great tackle? No, he's never been a great tackle. His ceiling at this point of his career, off back surgery, is average right tackle. And he looks all right so far. He looks like an upgrade. He's definitely, when I watch, he's better on the field on a daily basis than Chad Wheeler. Right? Granted, you might say that's not the highest bar in the world. Fine. But the reality is those are the Giants' options at right tackle. And Mike Remmers looks like the best option. He's playing the best out there. The Giants basically already said they're giving him the right tackle job. He's got to stay healthy. And so far, so good in that regard. So you don't see anything where you look at him and say, man, his back isn't holding up well. But again, let's see when they get out there in games. Let's see how they could do. It, I mean, it has got to hold up. It's a, it's a long season. And with that, that's the end of Giants After Dark. All right, let's wrap up this episode of Breaking Big Blue. First, we'll do a little Jordan on the beat. This is the part of the podcast where I give you a little taste of what it's like to be a Giants reporter, cover the NFL, work for ESPN, whatever it is. A little look inside what it's like to do this job. And this is a story that reminds me of training camp. It's funny. Uh, the Giants have a media workroom. It's a little room, and everyone has cubicles, and there's a, a men's and a women's bathroom right outside it. And it's, it's a one-person stall. But it's a big stall. I mean, it's, it's not a stall. It's one-person you know, room with just a toilet. Uh, men and women. And it's a big one. You know, it's like almost like, uh, when you go into the, uh, handicap stall. It's like one of those, oh, it's a, it's a pretty good size room. So there's a hanger on, you know, a hanger on the door to put stuff and, uh, whatever. There's, there's a good amount of room in there. So one day at training camp, training camp's hot, right? You go outside. It's the middle of the summer in the swamp. It's hot. It's usually humid. So one day, the NFL Network was there, and Michael Irvin, in, spe- in specific, was there. I believe he was interviewing Odell. Whatever, whatever it was, not important. But it was hot, humid, sticky, and he was wearing a suit. So I might have told this story before, but if I have, excuse me, it's just such a good story. Got to do it again. So Michael Irvin comes into the in the door. It's nice and air conditioned in the media workroom area. He goes, he has a suitcase and stuff. He's in a full suit, okay? He goes into the bathroom with his suitcase. I guess, you know, he's going to go straight to the airport after this. He goes in there. He's a suitcase in a bag. He goes in there in a suit, you know, 20, 10, 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes later. The door finally opens. Michael Irvin, no longer in a suit, comes out. He's dressed in street clothes. He's got his bags ready to go, like he's going straight to the airport. Pulls out of the bathroom, turns and goes, don't go in there for 30 or 45 minutes. <laughs> Look like a brand new guy. Look like he showered. By the way, there is no shower in that bathroom. Look like he showered, shaved, went, you know, went to the number two and... Michael Irvin felt like a whole new person. New wardrobe, you name it. Don't go in there for 30 to 45 minutes. Obviously a play off the line from Friday, but uh, just a classic moment nonetheless. I just will never forget that when he turned to me and said that. And I was waiting to go to the bathroom that whole time. And uh, when he said that, I was like, you know what? I'll hold off on going in there for a little bit. 
I'm not ready to go in there at this point. So with that, that's the end of this episode of Breaking Big Blue. We'll do more from training camp. Provide your feedback, questions. Uh, make sure you're following on Instagram. I'm putting a lot of uh, unique content, I believe, on there this this year. A weekly Daniel, I mean, a daily Daniel Jones video whenever I can. Um, you could catch me on Twitter. I'll do an occasional Periscope. I said once a week, a Giants After Dark Periscope. Uh, one night, probably in this upcoming week, maybe. I don't want to put a date to it. Maybe before the preseason game on Thursday. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe then, but we'll see. Aside from that, I'm Jordan Ronan, ESPN, ESPN.com Giants reporter. See you next time. 